You're listening to the Relationship-Centered Learning Podcast, a podcast to inspire and empower you to be a difference maker in a dysfunctional educational system. Hear weekly from adults and students who are having a radical impact in the education space as they share from their minds and hearts, giving us practical tools that we can take back to our classrooms and campuses. Here to take you outside the educational box is author, disruptor, and your host, Kevin Curtis. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. On today's episode, I, along with my co-founder Denise Holiday, are interviewing Gloria Nasoya. She is a sexual health educator for students. This conversation is a little outside the box than the typical conversation surrounding relationships, but this is much needed. Gloria enlightens us with why students and adults must engage in these types of talks in order for us to connect and provide proper information surrounding healthy sexual habits for our youth. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Welcome to the Relationship Center Learning Podcast, where we put relationships at the center of all learning. I am delighted today to have our student guest today, Gloria. Welcome to the show, Gloria. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. And I'm double blessed. I get my uh, sometimes co-host, Denise Holiday, Circle Mama, to the show. Welcome, Denise. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Get ready. Put your seatbelts on because today we are going to give you life with Gloria. Absolutely. So, hey, before we can get yes. into that, we, we got to start off with we always preach and teach about connections before content. So we're going to do the same thing on the show. As our listeners know, we probably do, if you haven't heard before, we do the flip five GTKY questions to get started. So Gloria, we're going to ask you five questions and then you flip five back at us. And so Denise okay. is going to start with question number one. Okay, that sounds good. All right. So Gloria, what is the one food you absolutely cannot live without? Oh, okay. That's good. Okay. So I recently just started like getting into like cooking and like getting into my culture. Yeah. So, um, um, well, I grew up in South Africa, so I don't know if you heard a food called jollof rice. It's like an African meal. Just really amazing. I love it. Mm. Okay, Gloria. So if you, not knowing your talent, and I'm sure you have many talents, but if you could sing or dance, which one would you prefer? Sing or dance? Would you rather sing or dance as a performance? Which one would be would be oh. more comfortable for you, sing or dance? Sing, definitely sing. I do not have a dancing bone in my body. Oh, okay, God. And interesting, I'm the opposite of you. I can't sing, but at least I can dance. So we got to do one or the other, right? All right, Denise. <laughs> so what is one thing you're most proud of about yourself? Oh, definitely um, gaining self-love in 2020 and like just finding myself and finding my self-worth. That is a really big one I've really struggled with. So I I, I, I definitely see how you two have something in common, Denise. Absolutely. Look, we have so much in common. It's unbelievable. I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. If you had an opportunity to do something, would you rather do something indoors or would you rather be outdoors? Outdoors. I love outdoors. I love exploring and just meeting new people. Yeah. So let me extend that question. So what's your favorite thing to do outdoors? Oh, skateboarding. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just got into skateboarding like quarantine because I'm always stuck in the house. I'm like, let me get outside. So I was like, but what can I do outside? You know? So I was Uh like, let me order a skateboard and teach myself how to skateboard. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right, Denise, get that fifth question out there. The next question. If your friends described you as a color, what color would they say you were? 
Ooh, definitely rose gold. I think because I always tell them that's my favorite color. Like my mom bought me this like notebook that's rose gold to like write my poetry and my classes are rose gold. So definitely rose gold. All right, man. We learned a lot. All right, Gloria, that was our five. You got five for us. However you want to use it. Okay. So the first question is what made you want to start a podcast? So in the pandemic, to just give you a background, I traveled and Denise and I both traveled. But um, I was traveling over 100 days a year and I would yeah. go in person. And then when we stopped being able to be in person and being able to train or connect with others, I'll be honest, I started it very selfishly. This was a platform that I could talk about my passion, but I could still connect and meet with other people. And it was just really the a selfish choice of like, hey, I want to do something not to make money. I didn't monetize it. I just really want to meet other people that are passionate about connections. And when Denise and I really started talking about it, we were like, hey, you know, at our last conference, we really talked about the student voice. What if we incorporated students? And to be honest, it was like, as I kind of look out there, there's not a whole lot of other podcasts that incorporate students opportunities for students to be on podcasts on a regular basis. So I was like, absolutely. So it was really just to stay connected with other people and to fill my bucket of staying using connections as an opportunity for me in my house where I don't even have to travel, but I can still get a chance to know like rose gold and skateboarding (laughs) and all the different things about other people. I think that was, it was really an opportunity to me for me to stay connected and keep my bucket filled. Okay. Oh yeah, that's good. Okay. So the next question is who is your celebrity crush? Denise, I'll let you take this one. Okay. Um, celebrity crush, man. Barack Obama. Um, he's amazing. He's <laughs> yes, guy. yes. Everything about him. He just has that swag about him yeah. that I just love. He's so suave. Yes, Barack Obama. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next question is, what's your favorite movie or book and why? Mine is The Green Mile in Why? I feel like the acting in the in the movie of the Green Mile is just it's it's portrayed in a way that it really captures the heart for me. I like I really get drawn into the movie. And so it's just one of those movies that really draws me into the storyline and the characters. And I can really almost feel like I'm with them. And so the Green Mile is for me. What about you, Denise? For me, it's I know why the cage bird sings by Maya Angelou. And it's because it's the first time, like when I first read that book, like I was going through a whole bunch of stuff and she had been abused and I actually had too, but I thought I was like all alone. And in that book, it showed me, like I said, it made me realize you are not alone and it is not your fault. And so through that, like I began to build up like, courage to like admit that it happened to me yeah mm-hmm. mm. so okay so the next question is if you had anyone to be on this podcast dead or, dead or alive who would it be and why i'm going to choose a life mm-hmm. just because and i will tell you dwayne johnson the rock see okay. he, he, not because of his popularity i love his genuality like he's so authentic and genuine the way at least like he comes across and he he actually, we show a video clip sometimes in one of our trainings where he was a student and he mistreated a teacher and he really like felt bad about it. And that's what led him into football. It was a football coach. And just, I think Dwayne Johnson would be an, just a, an amazing person with a variety of different experiences. 
but I think I would get to, I would like to see the genuine authentic side of him versus the rock. I would rather see the Dwayne Johnson side of him. And so to me, that would be for me. Who's your, who, who do you think Denise you'd like to have on the podcast? My grandmother and my grandmother, because um, she'd get to see like this new me who I am now. And a lot of the traits that she had that I was like, Oh my God, why she let all these creepy people in her house are the traits that I have now taken on. And so, yeah, absolutely. I would, I, it would be my grandmother. Okay. So the last question is what's your greatest accomplishment in life? Uh, you go first, Kevin. Oh, of course you're going to throw that one at me. You'd look at you, Denise. No, um, you know, I, I will tell you, for me, my biggest accomplishment is, is having my my one and only daughter. I, I mean, she is my only child. I think when I look at her and I see her growth and I see who she's become and who she's still becoming, I look back and think, mm-hmm. oh my God, what an accomplishment. Not that I can take a whole lot of credit for that, but at the end of the day, like having a child that I always tell people, you know, my I feel like my daughter is figuring out how to be successful in life. And despite any circumstances, and I, and I just can't, can't be proud enough of who she, who she is and who she's still going to become later in life. And I'm just looking forward to that journey. Yeah. Man, my greatest accomplishment in life. Oh my gosh, this is a tough one because I, I think of so many, but the one that comes to mind for me right now is the love of the stranger I've never met. That's a really good one. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to change my answer to Denise now. Like, see no. what you do to me? This one, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Denise and I love to give, a hard, give each other a hard time. <laughs> those those were, Gloria, those were amazing questions. Thank you, thank, thank you, you, thank you for being prepared and being on the show. Mm-hmm. So, hey, listeners, that was the GTKY part of the content uh, connections before the content. So if you want to know more about GTKY questions, or if you want to join Denise on our circles on Mondays, Thursdays, or Saturday, head over to our website at RCL first, that's RCLFIRST.com. Click on the links for the resources or to join the circles or to know more about what we do. All right. So with that out of the way, Gloria, I am, as I said, delighted to have you on the show. Denise has kind of told me a little bit about you, but I want our listeners to kind of just know who you are just as a person, just give them a little bit of who you are as a background. So our listeners have an idea of who they're going to be learning about today. So Gloria, give us just a quick intro on you. Okay. So hi, my name's Gloria. I'm 19 years old. Um, I moved to America about eight years ago. I grew up in South Africa and now I'm currently a sexual health educator. So before the pandemic, I'll basically like go to my old high school and like teach about safe sex. And a lot of people think when I say safe sex, I'm like, oh, just about like, you know, I don't, but like, I actually talk about like birth control and like healthy relationships and um, family planning. Just like we go, we like, we just talk about everything. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, Gloria, that's interesting because I'm being very vulnerable. You know, I mentioned my daughter and I will tell you, I had a daughter at 21 years old and mom was 19 and there was uh-huh. nobody talking about that kind of stuff back when I was that age. Yeah. I mean, you know, no, I mean, you get it, <laughs> yes. uh, but, it, you know, but at the end. I often reflect on some of the conversations that the mature conversations that we are able to have nowadays compared to the conversations that were either taboo or just, you just didn't talk. Like our families just didn't talk about that kind of stuff. It's inspiring to hear how naturally that you're like, this is what I talk about and this is what we do. And here in 2021 coming up that this is the way that we address things now proactively 
and, and, and a healthy conversation. So kudos to you. I think that you. That is, is something that's not only needed, but I think it's something that we, we all probably wanted, but we just mm-hmm. didn't know where or how to have those conversations. So for you to be in that space, uh, I'm loving it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Have that conversation. I think we need to like make that conversation more where it's, there's no shame attached to it that we can talk about it and it doesn't have to be shameful. It doesn't have to be, um, but there's like this stigmatism about, oh my gosh, don't talk about that. Or embarrassed, right? Denise, embarrassed. Yeah, shame and embarrassment. I feel- That was my thing, like uh, when growing up, like, oh, I'm not supposed to ask questions about that. In fact, when I got my cycle, I was terrified to tell my mom. And it shouldn't be like that. So we're doing that. For me, I'm only 19 and I just remember when I was like 14 years old and with my parents, like them, like growing up in a different culture because they grew up in like Rwanda. I just remember my mom coming up to me and she was like, okay, so do you know what sex is? And I was like, yeah, she was like, okay, don't do it. Wait until marriage. (laughs) Yeah. Check that. So Gloria, check that box. Mom, mom's like, have the conversation with Gloria. It's, it's, and you know, it's not going to happen because we talked yeah. about it, right? Yeah. It's like we're good. So I'm like, wow, like, what about birth control, STIs? I like don't know any of those things. So I had to like learn it at school. And I just look when if I ever have kids, I want my kids to be able to come to me as so they don't have to learn it from their friends from school. You know, like that's I want to build that type of relationship. You know. Well, and so that's what's interesting. Okay, we're in the relationship business, right? So I want you to think about when you think about having those conversations, mm-hmm. as you said, with your own children or when you're dealing with other peers, right? Yes. Other teenagers and those types of things, or you're even dealing with adults who are who have the peers that you're working with, right? Yeah. So when you think about it, how much of an emphasis and how important do you feel like the relationships are are? in the ability to have those deeper conversations about some things that are either associated with shame or embarrassment. How do you feel like relationships play into that part of the role that you are in speaking with them? Yeah, I think you, yeah, you definitely have to like build like a friendly relationship with them. I just always tell them like, if you do come to me, like that's my motto. Like if you're hurting yourself, if you're planning on hurting someone, you know, I have to tell someone, but just like building a relationship where they're not afraid to come to you and not afraid to talk to you about it, you know, and just taking the shame out, like just the stigma of like, Oh my God, we can't talk about this. And like, it's just so all taboo. Like why, why is that? You know, like this is a natural thing to talk about. You know what I mean? I love it, girl. Oh my gosh. You, Gloria, we go hang out, honey. Yeah. <laughs> we are so much alike when you talk about like just taking that that shame away, but also really being honest and upfront and letting them know, you know, if you harm yourself or uh, somebody's harming you, like I have to share that, that yes. openness. openness yeah to build that trust. I think the trust is the key. Do you agree? Yes, definitely. Trust Trust is, yeah. For me, like from everything that happened in 2020, trust is like really big and just really important. So so do you feel like, Gloria, like if I'm a person that is a little nervous, we'll just use Mm -hmm. that, anxious or nervous to digest this conversation with you, I feel like just like we just did at the beginning of the show, we always talk about connecting 
before you get into the content. Do you feel like sometimes, and I'll use another reference, like that small talk, like, you know, you know, the little bit of things like weather, music, you know, like, like before I hit glory up with that, like, do I have an STI or, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, you know, like, don't, do you feel like sometimes the, the conversations that you have with individuals, do you feel sometimes like they have to build, as you mentioned, trust, do you feel like they start with lighter topics or other things before we really go right into that deeper, you know, conversation about something that is a little awkward for us at times? Do you feel like that happens? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I'm not, I don't remember specifically what game it is, but I just know that like when we're about to, when we're about to start teaching, we always just like to get to know each other and like, just build that trust because you can't just dive into it and be like, okay, so this is what happens when you have sex, you know, like build that connection and that trust. So like, you know, they're teenagers, so they can like get to know you and like interact also and be like, okay, this is what's happening. I need help with this. And I have this this type of question. What I really love that we do is that if they're like shy to say a question, they, they can just write it on a piece of paper, put it in like a bowl so we can like read it out, you know? Yeah, I think that giving the anonymous to the person who donated the question does take a little bit of that spotlight of whether shame or embarrassment comes associated with it. So I love that strategy. What are your thoughts, Denise, as you start to think about how she she has to slowly build into these conversations? So what I'm curious about is that that is not doesn't come naturally mm-hmm. for someone to to know, all right, I got to build on that conversation. Um, and especially with what you do working with teens, where did you start? Like, what, what was it about you that realized, all right, I want to do this. I want to have these conversations, mm-hmm. but I need to build up on that first. Like, was that something that was always in you? Was it something you needed? So you realize I'm talking to these teens. So I want to give that to them. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. I think something I needed and something is just natural to me. I just love the connection and trust with people. But before, like, I just dive into like, okay, this is what we're talking about, you know? So it was definitely something in me. And I'm just a really talkative person. I just love to get to know people and know their stories. Yeah, so... Yeah, it was definitely bad. So when you think about the stories, Gloria, and again, you can be as specific or as broad or general as you want. Do you feel like, can you give us an example of when you've had a conversation or a connection with an individual who was either struggling or needed some enlightening or needed something that you could bring to them through what you offer? And that kind of either made them walk away with like a different perspective or more educated, or can you give us an example of, of what those conversations may look like? A, a real life example that you can recall? Where they like just had a, a different opinion or a different It could be an opinion or it could be like, hey, I had this one individual who was really struggling with understa- wanting to understand something about whatever you were talking about. And by the time you, you know, like, for example, I, we, Denise and I, when we're training, it's really interesting for us sometimes. And Denise is really good at people watching while I'm presenting, but we'll, you know, if we go on to a break and I'm not Mm -hmm. presenting, we'll see those people that are kind of hovering like right on the outer edge. In other words, you know, they want to come in and ask a question or they want to come in and introduce themselves or they want to know a little bit more about what I was just talking about, but they're, they're right there. And then when they come in and then you're like, Hey, you know, and they're like, and they made, like you said, talk small talk, right? Like, oh, I really like that shirt, Mr. Curtis. You know, there's the break the ice. And then they come in and then as the conversation builds, 
you realize like you gave them some great information, you gave them something inspiring. And then when they, and then one during that conversation, like a light bulb comes on for you and you're like, wow, I was able to either change your perspective or educate them or mm -hmm. give them something that they were looking for when they interacted with you. Can you think of anything like that? Okay, yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay, so my friends love to come me for um, relationship advice, even though I'm single. Yeah, because I think, yeah, with the last one I've like gone through, it like just taught me a lot. So like my, I know I had one friend who just, who would just come in and be like, okay, this is what's happening in my relationship. And I just have to like, I don't like sugarcoating anything. I want to be straightforward with you. Because like, I already know, yeah, we've, we've already like built that connection. I'm not going to be like, oh no, yeah, you should probably leave him. I'm going to be like, girl, you got to leave him, like walk him <laughs> out of your life, you know? Like, matter of fact, walk him out the door. Like, that man's not for you. Like, because <laughs> I don't know, like one thing I don't, I don't tolerate is just men treating women horribly. So like, yeah, a couple of days ago, yeah. My friend just came up to me and she was like, this boy she was friends with, he was like, hey, send me pictures. And then she was like, why? And then I'll, and then he was like, oh, to show my friends. And then, and then she was like, so they can judge me. And then he was like, yeah, sure. Like that type of disrespect. Like I was like, no, like cut him out. Like it's just, yeah. What I noticed is college men are so ignorant. They're, they're child, like. They're, they are children, so. Uh, unfortunately, Gloria, it, it goes beyond college. Unfortunately, <laughs> no, and I'm just being really, listen, I'm the guy here, and I will tell you, we are still ignorant after college. And I truly say this, I think maturity, that's my biggest yes. word. I think maturity comes in different spaces, in different places. Mm -hmm. But yes, time, experience for us as oh, gentlemen, yeah. as you know, we're pretty much sex driven. And so ultimately, like you said, we're want sexting. We want these types of things. Oh, yeah. And so I, I you, listen, you said keep it real. So be, listen, Denise, before I kick it back to you, I got to ask this one question. You're going to keep it 100 up No, but, but I'm going to ask this question. So, okay, Gloria, what is the strangest or most oddest question you've been asked about surrounding sex? Ooh, okay. Can you get, this is like, can you get pregnant by um, anal sex? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's misconceptions, right? Yeah. And, and what's interesting, it could be as men as men are claiming is not as true. And then women think something different, but yeah, no, oh, yeah. I, I just wanted to ask that because I think for, if somebody's able to ask that question and you're in this space at 19 mm -hmm. asking relationship mm -hmm. advice and, and advice about sex and, and, yeah. and healthy relationships and those types of things, I would think you would have to get some odd questions. Oh, would you yes. agree? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've yeah, so go ahead. It's been eating me up, sister, and I have not forgotten since we got off the phone. Yeah. And like I like I referenced it to even my life after we got off the phone from talking, man, you you sent me into like a deep train <laughs> of thought. Like really? with the analogy that you had about the garbage. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Come on, come on. I need you to break that down for me again. How did we get there and how do we end up talking about like taking out the garbage? And what does that what does that mean? Okay. You let let the people know. Okay. Let yes. them know how to take out the garbage and leave it. Life. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I remember talking to you about this guy I was seeing like the beginning of this year, and like he just broke my heart. So I had to like reflect on myself and be like. This is when I want to end 2020 with self-love, with growing, with just finding myself and knowing my self-worth and like, you know, finally loving myself. 
So after like, we just went our separate ways. Cause he was horrible. Like he just, he had a, he, had, he was like on a predatory list on like Twitter. He has like this Twitter thread. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, I can't believe I fell for this guy, you know? And he was in college, just, just the gaslighting, the manipulation, like just everything. And I was only 18 at that time. Yeah. So it was just a lot for me because like that was the first guy I liked. I never dated in high school. I was like, I'm not going to date in high school. College men. That's what I thought. College men are much mature. Like I thought that anyway. Okay. So <laughs> with the garbage scenario I gave you, I, a YouTuber said it, but I was like, if I want to get over him, I have to block him out. So like it's, you have to like just block them on all social media because going back isn't doing anything. It's like taking out the garbage and going back and checking on the garbage. It's like, that's the same thing with like going back on their socials. Like, why are you checking? Why are you going back to check the garbage? You know, like, do you want to bring them back in the house? Like, no, you got to leave the garbage where it is. Like, leave the trash where it is. Cause yes, like, I love it. And I remember thinking, you know, like, all right. So when yeah. we, those unhealthy relationships that are in our lives, yes. we have a hard time getting rid of them. And like, we say we're done with them, but then there's something that like gets to us and says, oh, you know, well, maybe we we are in denial and we want to say, okay, well, maybe they were having a bad day and then we go back and check. And so you had me thinking about how many times not only did I go check on the garbage, <laughs> baby, I went back and picked up the garbage and brought Girl, it back same. in the house. <laughs> like, and I was just, I was blown away by that analogy. When we think about relationships, yes, healthy, those relationships that are healthy, how, if you could say anything to someone, how do you get to the point where mm-hmm. you recognize like what is important and healthy relationships between your teachers or your students or whomever, like what what thoughts and uh, ideas do you have? Okay. Well, for significant others, I would definitely say don't ignore the red flags because someone once told me the red flags you're missing the beginning will be the reason you leave in the end. Yeah. So that's what, yeah, that was for me. I would always ignore the red flags that like, gaslighting and manipulation and just don't ignore the red flags and what I learned is the way a guy treats you is the way he sees you you know the way the way he feels about you so if he treats you like trash he doesn't care about you like men will treat men will treat you how they feel about you so like yeah just don't never ignore the red flags that's my biggest thing that's why I always tell my friend don't ignore the, the red flags like we have a saying Gloria that's it's similar to that but we always said this people are trying to tell you who they are all the time you just yeah. have to listen oh yeah right? right in other words it's kind of it's exactly it's paralleling what your your red flags are right but when we look back and Denise have Denise and I have many conversations like this and it could be personally or professionally when we're like Oh yeah. When we look back, they were trying to tell us yeah. who they were because there was a red flag there and then there was a red flag there, but somehow we like sh- just like glazed yeah. over it. Right. Yeah. It just kind of bypassed us and we didn't see it. But isn't it interesting at the end, as you said, then we started going backwards and connecting the dots and we're like, red flag, red oh, flag, red flag. And we're like, and, but then I love this. There's always somebody that, that is, you know, not neutral, but could see very clairvoyant into that whole situation. And they're like, oh, I saw that the whole time. And you're like, really? And that's what was told to me. Chris Riddick said it, Denise, when he said, people are trying to tell you who they are all the time. All you have to do is listen. 
And I think when we're in love or where we're in lust or with or a combination of the two or we're infatuated or whatever the word you want to use, yeah. somehow that filter gets like turned off. Yeah. And all of a sudden we, before you know it, you're in an unhealthy relationship. And I can tell you again, I think this is a common thing, Denise, when we continue to meet these young, these young people that are so mature for their age, what I love and appreciate about your, your, your forthrightness mm-hmm. is, is here you are at times giving advice on relationships, healthy relationships, boundaries, all these other things. And yet you've experienced some of the things that if you were like, well, if I'd have just listened to my own advice, you ever thought that before, Gloria? You ever caught yourself? You're like, I'm telling you this. And then you're like, as you say it in your mind, you're like, oh, hell, that means I should be listening to this stuff right now, right? Yes. You ever reflected that way? Yes. Yeah, I would give my friends advice. And I'm like, why did I let him treat me like that? Why did I ignore all these red flags? And I realized I just fell for the version of him I created in my head, you know, like, yeah, I fell for the version I created. I, I, yeah. So I just realized he was showing me all these signs that he doesn't care about me. Like he doesn't care about me the, the same way I care about him. So yeah. So how do we? Tra- so because it takes confidence. Yes. To recognize one my faults and my weaknesses, and two confidence to not create in my head what I want to see. Mm-hmm. And I think that starts from like experiences that we have. Some, yeah. some for me, it came from um, it came from a teacher. There was a teacher that like never gave up on me, and I would curse him out from A to Z. Yeah. But every morning he would come back and he would say, "Good morning. I'm so glad you you're here." And what he would always say is he would drop these little nuggets of, you know what. I think you should go. I think you should try out for cheerleading. You get along with everybody. And I was like, get out of here, cheerleading. No way. I'm like, I'm hardcore. You know, I was a fighter getting suspended. And it came from him. So when I think about the confidence that he instilled in me then, mm-hmm. how much does the school or the teachers that you have? play a role, if at all, if you believe, in like helping to build that confidence in students. Do you think it does? Yeah, I think, yeah. Because I remember, yeah, I had this one teacher. um, Yeah, she was my science teacher. And just, I really loved her. Every time I was feeling down or sad, like she would just talk to me and like she really built my confidence up. And for me, the main thing that really built my confidence was being okay by myself, not always searching for someone. Because when you go searching for someone, it usually isn't going to end well. Like the best people like come come into your life, life unexpectedly, you know? Yeah. So I had to be okay. I had to like really, and this took me a while. This took me so long to be okay being, being by myself, not always looking for that soulmate that like I always thought like, oh, I need that soulmate. But I was like, the soulmate I've been looking for was me all along. It was like this new version of me. Yes, this new version of me that's like finally confident in herself, loves herself, knows how to set boundaries, you know, and like knows her self-worth. Well, no, and I will tell you, and again, I say this, Gloria, with all the respect, the maturity Mm -hmm. that you were able to experience at 19 is something I wish, like if you, you know how they always say, if you could have one wish and you could yeah. go back, 
I wish that I could have the insight and awareness and the things that you were able to kind of see within yourself to see, okay, I need to have boundaries, but I also need to have self-worth and have those things because I'm 51. Mm -hmm. I've had two unsuccessful marriages. Okay. And when I look at it, Gloria, I look back at 51 and go, okay, I've literally been in relationships for the, like the last 30 plus years, back to back, to back, to back, to back. Right. And it was interesting. The other day I was listening to Brene Brown. She has a podcasting podcast called Unlocking Us. Okay. And she had an hour and 40 minute episode with two people, Tim Furness, who has a podcast and Dak Shepard, an actor has a podcast. And I'm going to paraphrase, but Dak Shepard is an actor and he has a podcast, but he had said early in his life, and I don't remember what the age, but let's say twenties, he was going to break up with his girlfriend. And he told his mom like, Oh, I'm just going to break up with her. And she was like, yeah, you know, you definitely need to do that being sarcastic and almost facetious. Right. And he was like, what's the problem? And she said, you know, why don't you try working it out with her? He said, and this was what the advice from his mom. And again, I think I'm going to paraphrase if I can get this right. But she said, if you don't work out your stuff with this one, this girlfriend, you'll continue to go through relationships until you work out your stuff. And so the reason I say that is, is I'm 51 coming off my second divorce and it's taken me 50 plus years, Gloria, to go, okay, how am I wired? What are my boundaries? What do I really want in life? What do I, you know, I, I, I think sometimes in a relationship, we shift, sh- almost like shape shift. We chameleon, we take on different colors and different personas of who we need to be when we're in a relationship or a marriage with somebody else. That I think sometimes for the first time, as you said, you're like, I have to be okay at 19 being by myself. Oh, well, yes. But what was funny, Gloria, as I'm saying, nobody, one, nobody ever talked to me about what that could look like and how healthy that could be. Number two, now that I am experiencing it, now I'm understanding it for the first time. So what's crazy is what you're experiencing at 19, I'm experiencing in my 50s. <laughs> and it's so I have these two words, develop and discover. So yeah. 2020 has been about oh, developing yeah. who I am and discovering who I am. So when you hear that, what are your thoughts on that? I'm yeah, curious. I de- yeah, I definitely think, yeah, I'm just really grateful for 2020 because I don't think I would have like met this version of me like, I like 2020 like brought me growth, brought me pain, brought me heartbreak, just brought me finding myself, you know? So like, yeah, 2020 really helped me with just discovering my, just discover, discovering myself and um, just me realizing that like, and I had to admit this to myself, like just always being insecure in myself and like depending my happiness on others. And I always thought like, you know, Oh my, okay, there's this one quote. Have y'all um, watched um, The Perks of Being a Wallflower or read the book? The what? The book, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. I have not. Okay, so there was this one quote and I, because I asked my sister like, why did I let him like treat me like that? Like, why would I let someone treat me like this? And then in The Perks of Being a Wallflower, there's this quote that said, we accept the love we think we deserve. Yeah, and then I realized the reason, for me, the reason I did that was because I didn't love myself. Like I didn't know myself where I didn't love myself. So the snippet of love he gave me, even though it wasn't too much, I just accepted it because I thought, oh, that's what I deserve, you know? When I deserve so much more. I deserve I deserve someone to reciprocate the love that I'm actually giving them, you know? 
Like, girl, yeah. you need your own podcast, honey. <laughs> yes, I am 52 years old, Gloria. Yeah. And it is just recently in the past couple of years that yeah. I can truly say with all my luggage and all my baggage and everything that I've been through, yeah. that I love me. She cute. Oh. Oh, she is amazing. I can uh -huh. say it like that. And you have it now. Oh, yeah. And so how do we, like, I think about how do we instill that, yeah. you know, in the world, in students, yeah. you know, what are your thoughts with the students that you work with? Oh, yes. How can we instill that in them? Do you yeah. have ideas? Yes, definitely. One thing for me, I started with just waking up, looking myself in the mirror and like, just seeing the beauty in me and seeing that and telling myself, you know what? I love myself because before I'll always look in the mirror and be like, oh, my God, like, why do I look like that? Just criticizing myself. And I'm like, life is so short for like doing all these things. Like, why are we so mean to ourselves? Like, I feel like we could be our worst critic at times. And I'm like, why do we do that to ourselves? Like, would we want to would we would we say the same things we say to ourselves to our best friend? And I'm like, no, we wouldn't. Like, so we like just being nice to myself. I realized because I was really hard on myself and start by being nice to yourself and seeing the beauty in yourself, you know, like seeing like, you know what? I'm beautiful. And that's not being conceited. That's helping self-love, you know, like I'm beautiful. I deserve love. Like, yeah. You know, as I, Gloria, and first of all, yeah. thank you. That's, that is a great, great positive statement yeah. to start with. And I think it, and, and again, not blaming I just don't think we were ever taught to talk that way. I don't yeah. think, you know, from our age to your age, we're no one ever talked about, hey, make sure you establish self-worth. Mm -hmm. You know, self-worth was not, I cannot literally recall a single conversation I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And Denise, you're welcome to join me on this on reflection, but I don't remember a single conversation you know, prior to our work, Denise, because I will tell you, like when you and I got together and started working in this, then we had these conversations. But prior to the work that we do, I don't remember anyone ever really talking to me about self-worth, self-reflection, yeah. positive words. And I look back in, you know, um, the book and the movie, The Help, you know, when she was yeah. talking and you look at it, why did she say those powerful, positive statements to that baby every, every single day? day? Oh, yeah. Be yeah, right. Do you remember that, Gloria, in the help? Yes. Yeah. And, and so I, I look back at it because she knew and saw the value. And let's just be honest, she probably knew she wasn't going to hear it from a real mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she's going to hear it from the nanny. I just believe that that is something that is not innate and it's not taught. So for you to say step one, like, let's write it on the mirror. Let's let's shout it out loud. Let's look oh, at ourselves yeah. and talk to ourselves as if we would talk to our best friend or yeah. our, our, our loved ones. That's a great point. What are your thoughts, Denise? I agree 100%. And I think that's why I love the book. I know why Cage Bird sings, mm -hmm. because throughout the book, by the end of the book, you know, she talks about like really she went through this whole time of feeling like she wasn't worthy. And so she was silenced and she didn't speak for years because she felt like she wasn't valued or seen or heard or anything. But through her healing, by the end, it took her to say to herself, like, you deserve this and you deserve that. And so that was eye opening for me because that really was the first time 
of hearing like some type of affirmations being done toward yourself, like just coming from that book. And so after that, after that, I wrote her, I wrote her a letter. I did, man. This so is, I, can't, I can't even believe. No, it. no, no. It's a powerful conversation. So, I Gloria, as, as you continue to grow in the work that you're doing, what do you still feel like has to be done? Like, what do you feel like you still? I mean, we always want to continue to grow, but what are some things that are immediately in front of you and the work yeah. that you're doing that you're like, I still feel like if we need to grow in this area or accomplish okay. this with students or or your message, what are some things that are short term goals that you feel like are still need to be accomplished in the in the passions that you bring to the surface? Oh, short term goals. I don't know about that, but also just like before you enter a relationship, always like know your worth and love yourself, you know? So that's how you'll know how to set boundaries and know, like, you know, you know what I mean? Just, Absolutely. Yeah. So so let me rephrase it. In the work yeah. that you're helping people be educated about healthy relationships and, oh, okay. and about sex, right? Yeah. What needs to happen more to make that message grow stronger? Mm-hmm. Like what needs, what are some obstacles that we need to move out of the way? So oh, this yeah. becomes the new norm that we do have these conversations. What are some of the barriers that still need to be moved, moved out of the way so that yeah. we can continue to grow in those areas that you're passionate about? Well, I think parents being more open about it and parents just talking to their kids about it. Because, I, yeah, I think we should just take that stigma away and, like, work. Because I, I never had this. Yeah, I always talk. Like, now I can talk to my mom. Like, I'm 19, and she had me in her 20s. So, like, we're, like, yeah, we can talk about it. But, like, growing up, like, I never had that connection where, like, I was, when I'm, like, have a problem and I'm embarrassed to, like, to, like, ask the question. I never had that connection where I can just ask her the question and be, like, you know what? Like, what do you think about this? So. I feel like just parents being more open with their kids and like just talking to them about it, you know? Because mm. I, yeah, I always talk about how whenever I have a kid, like I want to build that relationship with my child. It's yeah. a must. No, yeah. when you look at saying being open and mm-hmm. having those conversations with your kids, yeah. I want to take you back to like school, maybe when you were in high school or middle school. Do you think that too is important for teachers to be able to kind of create an environment where students feel like they can talk to them or mm-hmm. come to them or connect with them? Do oh, you yes. think it's important for teachers to connect with students? Oh, yes, definitely. I think being a teacher, you have to build a relationship with your students where not only like you, like as a teacher, it's like just, oh, let me just teach you and then you go home, but just be building a deep relationship where they can just come to you and like just talk to you about their problems because I know with some teachers I've had like when I'm whenever I'm feeling down or sad like I would always come like during lunch or like during after school just to talk about my problems and you know and yeah oh yeah I think one big thing also like in the black community is also like therapy being okay you're not 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 yes girl you better tell them tell the people you mean yes. therapy's not just for white people well <laughs> what did they say yeah. why is it that yeah. in the black community like there's this like whole stigma around mm-hmm. going to therapy yes. i try to get people to understand that and even like like some educators like growing up when i was younger or even now Like I hear the phrase, oh, they just need to send the kid to therapy, but they don't understand. Maybe the kid does want the help. Yeah. But in the, in the black community, there's this stigma around, it's like this sign of weakness. Yes. If we go get counseling, have you 
had that with any of the students you work with or what is that conversation oh, with like? myself uh, with myself like because I always talk about how I moved to America about eight years ago so like I understand with my parents like them coming from like a b- different background and not having a lot not having enough food like a good like roof over their head so when they moved to America they thought oh like since you have a roof over since you had all the things I didn't have all the materialistic things though you know what I mean all the material since you have those like what do you need to be sad about my mom would like my person would be like oh you don't need to go to therapy just talk to Jesus you know like yes <laughs> oh my god like, just pray yes. to God and all your problems would go away oh I wish it was that easy because I do it all yes. the time and I don't I care know. what the of your skin is I'm praying and asking all the time glory in yes. it yes. the answer so let me ask you this question though because it just I didn't mean to skim over it from the beginning oh, no. but when you when you moved here eight years ago what was one of the biggest challenges that you experienced coming into the country and and not knowing the ways and, and experiencing oh, yeah. a new lifestyle in, in places like that. What were some of the some of the things that stood out for you as your first experience of the United States? I would say, because I was 11 years old and um, definitely, well, because I went to sixth grade and just the way that the students like would interact with the teachers were like very disrespectful. Like, because I was like, oh my God, like you could not talk to a grown up like that. Like, Back in the day, as soon as they say something, you better be quiet and like be like, okay, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, you know. So wow. I think, yeah. Yeah. And I will tell you, it's not just coming from your different culture. <laughs> That's just the different times. Oh, because, yeah. No, it'd be and the reason I say that is is we always reference, we always say sometimes for teachers, you know, starting this 2019 last school year, you know, I would tell them some of you are stuck using a 1990 playbook in 2019, you know, mm-hmm. like you're expecting the old way, because there was a time, believe it or not, Gloria, where it was kind of like that. When you agreed, Denise, we, we didn't question, we didn't talk back. We, you know, and that's why I say the way that the, and I'm not critical of it. I'm just observant of it. I'm just acknowledging the way that they speak to each other, the roasting of each other, the putting down of each other, the making fun of each other. Like, I think we all grew up with that to a certain extent, but the Mm -hmm. rate and the frequency that it's used now and the yeah. derogatory language, and as you said, the disrespect, and I'm just being very direct, the disrespect to women where back in the days, you didn't disrespect women, you know, like that was very frowned upon. And it was now it seems like it's the norm. In fact, they videotape it. Now it's out there on oh, social yeah. media and we laugh at it. So when you think about all of this and eight years later, how do you think, I mean, I'm interested in this. How do you think social media has played into where we're at with today's youth. Yeah, I think, yeah. Well, social media is really like just a bit, I think social media has had like a big impact in our life. And I think people just took it to an extent with like social media because they can just videotape it and post it online, just disrespecting people. And I don't know if y'all have heard it, if y'all have seen it, but there was this African-American lady, well, girl, she was like 18. And this group of like five black men, like just, threw it in the dumpster like as a joke and they videotaped it and like posted it online and just the disrespect they have against women and like yeah it's just it's it's insane yeah you know I think the disrespect like period yeah some of the things that I experienced while I was working with students like if had I ever you know did any of that or my parents found out about it it would be over for me oh yeah 
But I think it is the reaction or it's the response from the teachers that can take it in whatever direction. And I remember a young man Mm -hmm. um, saying to me, F you, Ian. And he was a student. And um, I ran the computer lab and he was in there doing his work. Now, when he said that, because I had connections with other students, all of the kids in the class stood up and they were going for him. But I stood up and stood in front of him. Yeah. And, you know, most are thinking, why did you do that? He like disrespected you and he called you the N word and he said F you. And, but the thing about it is, and here's where the lesson came. Mm -hmm. After that was all over, um, we stepped out into the hall and had a conversation. And he said, Miss, why did you do that? Like, why did you stand in front of me? Like, I just called you the N word and, I said, F you, why did you do that? And I said, because you're saying that because you don't know better. You were not born that way to like speak that way. Maybe that's going on in your house. And so all I said, one asked for him and he said, thank you. And I said, here's how you can thank me. Mm -hmm. So when you're home and you hear that word coming up, before you say it, I just want you to think about me and think about this moment. Yeah. And he said, okay, I can do that. Years later, he came back and he said, and he came looking for me. He said, I just want to thank you. Like, I thought so much about that day. Like, I called you out of your name and you could have let those kids, like, tear me down and break me down. But what I realized was what my parents were saying about you and your color was not true. You showed me differently. It's what he said. You showed me differently. And so um, he really appreciated having that lesson. Now, not everybody's going to be able to respond mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But I knew that he that's he wasn't born that way. I wanted to know what was at the root of what was going on while he was saying that. And I, that's why we do this training in hopes that teachers will get to know their students at the root and not just judge them based on the behavior. Yeah. Um, Have you ever had a time where you saw something and you felt like, man, what, what is really going on either with that teacher? Mm Because teachers have stuff too, right? Yeah. Or, What's going on with that student? Have you ever experienced that? Oh, okay. I, I think with just a, an old an old friend from elementary school who was just really mean to me, just always bullying me, like just picking on me all the time. Yeah. So we had, her name was Queen. I remember her name. And we would always sit together and like, she would just like pinch me and like, just pick on me. And like, I never understood why I was like, why is she picking on me? Like, like, I never did anything to her. And then um, one day, this was back in South Africa, she just puked down the staircase. She just puked down the stairs. And, like, all her friends were laughing at her. Like, no one wanted to help her. So I was like, oh, let me just, like, help her out. So, like, I brought toilet paper and, like, just help her clean it up and, like, walked her home. Because, like, we both lived, like, close close by. So I walked her home and she was like, oh, my God. Like, thank, like Gloria, like, thank you so much. Like, like, why did you like help me out? And like, I was always mean to you. And I was like, it's just, you know, it's just like in me. Like, I just like help, love helping people. And ever since she, she was just like nice to me. So I think it's just like in people like that, like they think like 
being mean would like make them feel better or like maybe something was happening back home that like picking on others like made her feel better you know yeah. absolutely i think that's i think what you both described is is you know when you take that high road when you both chose grace over any other emotion you both show grace to those two individuals despite how they treated you and i think what's lacking in today's society to just start there's many things but one of them is definitely grace i think I think we're, as I mentioned earlier, I think we we need to stop trying to be right. And as Brene Brown says, we need to try to just get it right. And I think as we're screwing things up, because I don't think whoever like put in our DNA that we're supposed to try to perfect life. I don't know where that came from, but we're not supposed to be perfect. We're supposed to be imperfect, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I believe that this work has helped me really start to discern with is grace. Like as Denise said, I started to look past the students that would talk to me that same way that they talked to Denise. And I started to look past and said, okay, that's just words. And these are things coming out of this young person's mouth. And they may be, you know, bawling up to me and nose and nose and toes to toes with me or whatever. But at the end of the day, I mean, there's something underneath the surface. And we always talk about that. We always talk about the iceberg that sticks up above the surface. They're just showing me what's at above the water, what's underneath the water. You know, yeah. and, and I think, Gloria, you know, as we as we we're not closing the show, but as we start to wind down, have you ever reflected because you're great at this? Have you ever reflected that you may have acted or said something inappropriate or acted inappropriate, but because something was beneath the surface, you made a poor choice? Have you have you ever experienced that? And then were you able to reflect and go, now I know why I said or did that. Have you ever had that opportunity where you were self-reflect on that piece? Just, oh, okay. Just having, okay. In high school, when I would just talk to my friend about like pre-married, because I grew up really religious. Like my parents always installed to me, like, wait until you have sex. Like, so like just always talking to my friend in high school about like pre-marital, pre-marital sex. Like, I'll be like, oh no, that's bad. Like just, just being overly judgy, you know, like I'll admit that. And I, and just like now looking back, I'm like, you know what? Like that was like, I was like really being judgmental. Like back then, like, if you want to do it, just do it, just be safe. You know, like everyone deserves a choice in their life. If they want to make that choice to do it, like it's okay with them, you know? Yeah. I think if you reflect and it leads to some type of change, I think that's another click in the maturity level. I think that's, you know, Maturity is something that you look at some people's age and that's what's so fascinating about you, Gloria, is <laughs> I look at I look at people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s and older yeah. and I still see immaturity in their choices and their voices. Oh. And then I can look at somebody like you mm-hmm. and it, it's a puzzle because I'm like, I don't know how to digest that you are so articulate. You <laughs> are you so much. compassionate. And you are so vulnerable to be able to have the conversations that you know, as you pointed out, you didn't get them. So what's interesting is the reason I say this, Gloria, is you didn't go, okay, the reason I can talk about sex comfortable is because my mom talked to me about sex and then she taught me about it. And then, yeah. I, you know, and, yeah. or I got this book. It's like, you've put yourself out there, yeah. but you've realized that there was a space for this. There's a gap out there where, Unfortunately, and let's just be honest, kids are having sex younger and younger, and they're putting their bodies at either jeopardy with a possible disease oh, yeah. that could be life altering, 
but also they're putting themselves out there where they could start having children at a very young age and not truly understand what it means to be a parent. Or the third one that that I kind of take away from what you're offering is, or they could spend possibly like some of us being in an unhealthy relationship for an extended period of time mm-hmm. and not recognizing the signs of an unhealthy relationship and then bringing and checking the garbage and bringing back the garbage for, for like five years, 10 years, 15 years until, until you, till, until you meet Gloria and she's like, the hell are you doing with that garbage? And you're like, what? Yes. You're like take it down, you better put take that it back out. Take it back out. That's supposed to be. Yeah. Oh. I have a question before you go. Okay. This yeah. is what I want to know. Oh, Gloria, I just want to hug you. I want a virtual hug. So, <laughs> so if you, so thinking about the work that you do with students or, or whatever, what is the one thing positive that you hope mm-hmm. comes from the work that you're doing with the students that you work with or the teachers that are around you yeah. with those students? What is the one good thing that you hope yeah. uh, can come from the work that you do? Just them knowing their self-worth. I think that's a big one for me. I know I love talking about just people just gaining self-love and self-worth because I never understood when people said self-love is the best love until I finally gained self-love. And I'm like, and then I just start reflecting on like back, like why did I accept all these things? And like finally being able to see the beauty in myself and now finally just being okay with like, being by myself, I'm like, I'm okay. I, I can be by myself. There's so many things I have to figure out first before I get into a relationship with someone, you know? Now I just take out time to read. Like, I'm actually reading this book <laughs> called um, The Subtle Art of, like, Not Giving a Fuck. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. So, like, not caring because I always cared, like, what people thought about me. And I'm like, you think about yourself more than people think about you. Like, why do you care so much about what people think about you? Because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm smiling weird. Like, love yourself. Don't care what people think. Like, do you. You know what I mean? Like, you only live one. So, self-love. Like, self-love is the best love. There you go. Hey, so, so Gloria, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but is there a website or is there something that if people want to kind of either know more about what you're passionate about uh-huh. is there a is there a website or or something that they can reach out to ask more questions or to learn more about this of, oh, more yes, about your definitely. okay so on tick i have tiktok i just love talking about self-love and i love sharing my poetry and like cracking jokes so my tiktok is um african underscore queen the number 19 and my instagram is underscore underscore glory g-l-o-r-y dot poetry Awesome. Awesome. One more question. Yes. If you're in, you can answer it if you want to, but we, we keep it at 100. You didn't oh, open yeah. the door, sister. You didn't open the door, queen. Okay. So tell me this transition from Daisy to Gloria, back to Gloria. Okay. Okay. Oh my God. You don't, if you want, you don't have to, but. Oh, no, no, no. I want to, because I want to, yeah, I want to explain myself. Okay. Yeah. So with everything happening in 2020 with like my parents getting divorced and like, me getting my heart broken. And um, I was actually in college, like pursuing a nursing degree, but my passion has always been like starting a podcast or like being an actor, you know? So I was like, I need like, I'm just figuring out myself. So I was like, oh, let me change my name to Daisy. 
And I was like, you know what? That never felt like me. Like mm. I'm Gloria. My mom named me Gloria, you know? So I was like, you know, no, let me, even though I change all these things about my life, I want to, I want to keep my name. Like Gloria is who made me like, this is the new version, you know, this is yeah. the new version of Gloria. Well, and I will tell you, Gloria, that I think it also goes back to exactly what everything we've been talking about. Yeah. Even when you try to I, give yourself a different identity with a different name, yeah, the, your self-worth yeah. and the person who you were, or I'm sorry, are, yeah. um, it, it like, it, it never felt comfortable in that Daisy name, right? And yeah. it just kind of pushed it to the side and what has shown through is Gloria. Yes. And listen, Gloria, we're going to wrap this up. But what I will tell you is this, what has shown through today, as I mentioned, the, the tons of compliments, but I, I just like who you are genuinely yeah. and who you're continuing to grow into. As I said, I think at 19, you're on an amazing path. Mm-hmm. I think you have the ability at such a young age that I don't think you, you're going to avoid heartaches, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. I think you're going to continue to grow through them. But I do think that you're going to be able to not only help yourself navigate through these chartered, uncharted waters, but I think you're going to continue to help others. You have such a helping spirit, but you also have this light about you that as, as in, in it's ironic on my screen, the way you and Denise are on top, you know, kind of, you see each other on the screen. I can easily see why Denise is drawn to your light because when I met Denise, what I saw was light and what she saw was darkness. And what it was interesting earlier, because as much as you were talking about, look for the red flags, right? What Denise and I struggled in our relationship was, was look for the green flags, the good stuff, right? And I'm not trying to take credit. I'm just trying to say is I was trying to do positive things, but Denise, because of her background and her experience, she looked past those and I can't trust this guy. I can't trust those green flags they must be red. She was looking for red when I was trying to give her green, right? So I think that what I want our listeners to take away from today's episode is look for the green, look for the red, look for the flags that stand out. As you said, people are, as I said, people are trying to tell you who they are. You just have to listen. But as you said, if you get to that point and you've established a Mm self-boundary and you have self-love and self-worth, then don't be afraid to take out the trash and leave out the trash. Yes. What are your thoughts on that, Denise? <laughs> Mic drop moment. Take that yeah. trash out and, and leave it. Don't, uh, don't even go checking on that trash. <laughs> That's right. Stay <laughs> off. Stay yes, off I their social media like, pages. Don't, don't. 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 Listen. Don't be being. Don't be snooping around oh, their social yeah. media pages. Yeah, because I know you're gonna try to bring it inside. Like no. Yeah, no. 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 So. Like, Leave it. Hey, hard with that one, man. And you know what? I was over here like this. This young lady just oh, how she know me? She on the wall. She been seeing me go to the dumpster check. (laughs) Oh my god. Well, hey, ladies, this has been so fun. I want to respect our time and our listeners' time and trying to keep these about an hour. But listen, Gloria, you've been a phenomenal guest. I can't wait back. So just, yeah, absolutely. You've been Mm -hmm. phenomenal. You know, what I will tell you is, is the value that you bring into the conversation, your experience today is top notch, top level. I just Mm -hmm. want to thank you for your time. Thank you for your commitment for your causes. And thank you for just being you. So, hey, listeners, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you haven't heard about today's message, you need to look in the mirror. You need to love you. You need to find self-worth, set those boundaries, take out the trash, whatever it is. 
and check out our next, next episode next time. And we will see you then. Connect with you next time. Have a great day, guys. Thanks.